Paper Keg is the way comics were meant to be read, by hearing about them. But every now and then, the hosts decide to review a comic book movie. This is one of those episodes. Enjoy. Meteor Man. Welcome back, everybody, to the Paper Cake Podcast. Jonesy, you're back. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Spoilers. Uh, this is probably the most excellently scored superhero movie I think I've ever heard in my entire life. Gosh. Thank you for having me. Um, happy to be a sometimes member of the Paper Keg Radio Syndicate, uh, surely the least popular of your hearts, but uh, happy to be here nonetheless. Boy, that was a little, that was a long little speech you prepared there, but I, I appreciate it nonetheless. A long little speech. Copy that. <laughs> Uh, final host for this uh, special film episode of Paper Keg, Dan underscore VP of merch. You know, I see you on the horn making deals, top secret deals for our Patreon supporters. Uh, welcome back to the show. Yeah, it's you know, it's all for the Patreon supporters first and foremost. Listeners of the show, obviously, you know, we love them as well. But yeah, I'm making deals, business things happening running up the uh the data plan of my work phone which gets frowned upon but sometimes i can't help it what's your average monthly data on your uh on your phone work phone or otherwise i try to it's maybe usually when i'm not on vacation two point between two and three gigs I feel like this should be playing like when you're walking down the streets of downtown Disney or mm-hmm. Disney Springs. Like this soundtrack's playing in the background. That would that pit, fit perfectly. It would. Pit perfectly. It would pit uh, perfectly. I think my data is around 16 gigs a month. Oh. oh. Yeah. Well, see, I, For I just keep a look you? I, or No, the three. Well, mainly my wife and I. I think my mom gets like 500 megs a month. <laughs> I I mainly try to keep it low, so I'm always cognizant of uh, downloading any songs or whatever off to my to my online storage. Mm. The cloud, you know, just to uh, so I'm not using data, but I'm constantly refreshing Twitter. I'm constantly interacting with people on Twitter, <laughs> keeping up with the latest trends, the Twitter moments, and that probably eats up some data every now and again. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's a lot of buzzwords happening in that whole area. This is the paper. uh, Yep. (laughs) Yes. Go. (laughs) This is the paper keg podcast. We review comic books, graphic novels. We do a book club about it. This week we're changing gears for one of the most hotly requested, I think, uh, reviews for us to do on this show. None other than Robert Townsend's Meteor Man from 1993, an American classic superhero comedy film, which did have a Marvel miniseries, FYI. So put did that it really? in your craw. Did it really have it did a six issues, yeah. Wow. Six issue mini. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that as a book club next week. We're not, FYI. Right. 
But so this week we'll still do letters at the end of the show, but this is going to be our book club uh, to uh, this episode, bottom of the hour, actually probably way sooner. Dale's got to leave in like five minutes. We're going to wrap this episode up. He's got, he's a busy man. Mm-hmm. Jonesy, we're in week two right now of Jonesy back on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm here. He's a parent again. And you know, I was sitting back the other day lounging reading the newspaper and I decided to read the paper, the Patreon newsletter that you send out. We gave like a brief update on your life status and you got a lot done since you had this kid. You, you cleaned out an area of, of Assassin's Creed. Not an area friend, the entire city of London. You, uh, I think finished a few other Longmire audiobooks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. books, uh, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. How do you do it? That's that's the main question I feel like most people want to find out. How do you do it? How do you find the time, Jonesy Lowe's beer? Well, you know, Slim, uh, I've always been statistically a bad sleeper. So I get most of my stuff done between the 1 a.m. feeding and the 3 a.m. feeding. You know? Statistically, that's correct. I remember checking your jawbone before the second kid popped out, and you get like f- four hours of sleep. Yeah, that's on a good night. <laughs> That's like for it's uh so imagine where I am now. I actually just fired up my jaw bonesy uh again back at work. Uh you know, He's I was back. nervous. I was like, Oh man, maybe I lost a step. You know, still did fourteen thousand steps. Yeah, I didn't wear it for the two weeks I had the kid. What? Yeah, Why? I didn't track any data, didn't just didn't want to see that, you know, you got ninety three minutes of sleep, the coach is very disappointed in you type of malarkey. You know, I feel like you need minutes. to you need to go through the low tide, Jonesy. You need to go through the high tide. I just don't think it would That's have a been a metaphor for life representation of my data. That two week hiatus, Slim I mean, over here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just flabbergasted that you use this jawbone wristband to track your life, get an accurate representation of your sleep cycles, your your exercise, and then you just shut it off. That's for okay. two weeks it's a thing you know it's not a, it's not a way of life it's a thing it's a helping device it does not you know tell sounds me sounds like you're sullying on the jawbone Listen, experience jaw, right now. jawbone has helped me go from 319 into the 250s in a little less uh, than a year and i don't even know why i'm making these hand gestures when nobody can see me. <laughs> it's like you're running for president and you're giving me a stump speech <laughs> All four fingers pointed at Slim across the ether. Uh huh. Definitely not, you know, Jawbone. I love you. Please send me free gear. Uh, I'm your biggest mouthpiece on the internet. Love you a long time. Wow. Stunning turn of events this episode. I'm not sure how to continue. Let's just wrap it up now. Probably, probably neither is Malcolm Gladwell because he can't. Definitely can't use Jonesy's data for any new book he's writing. <laughs> uh, just shutting Jawbone down cold like that for two weeks oh my word um maybe we should do is there anything else we want to cover dale do you have any any bits of information you wanted to throw out there before we get into meteor man robert townsend written directed i may be in the may i don't know i may be in the throes of passing some sort of kidney stone i had some sort of spasm in between what? my kidney and my ween at dinner tonight, I got real hot and like I got real sweaty as it happened, and then it went away seconds later. I don't know what it is, but it could be the only thing I can think of is a kidney stone. I don't know. Have you ever when had the kidney last... stones? Never. So how do you know that that's kidney stone? 
I don't know. I'm, I can only guess as related to my... Self-diagnosis. When was the last time you went number two? Let's, let's backtrack and go there. Twice, twice today at work. <laughs> twice. <laughs> When's the last time you had a physical is probably the better question. 1994. <laughs> 1993, uh, right before I went to go see Miracle Meteor Man <laughs> in theaters. <laughs> And shockingly, the the uh, the test was given by Robert Townsend, also in the theater. He's As part of the promotion tour, <laughs> free free physicals. <laughs> but you know these doctors, even to go in for a physical, what do they do? They say they say you're fat, lose weight, come back to me when you lose weight. That's what doctors do. In it my sounds, in my experience, it sounds like this is a topic that is ripe for a flap episode. You know, Dale's Dale. apprehension with doctors. Uh, Dale, I was in the same boat with you. Avoided the doctors for many a year, and then whoops, was in the hospital ten days on the on the verge. So you know, maybe maybe get to check that out. A doctor would have told you that your leg was extra fat. <laughs> told your ex- your leg to lose extra fat weight, and would have sent you home. Lose the fat weight. Uh, hopefully Dale does not pass during the recording of this episode, Meteor Man, special episode. Jonesy, do you want to guide us through the the storytelling of Meteor Man? And what a story uh, is to be told here. Uh, you know, Jefferson Reed is a middle-aged, mild-mannered school teacher and a very bad neighborhood of dc you know he sees the neighborhood that he's grown up in and loved and the people who uh are amongst him in the community just be paralyzed by fear from this uh gang called the golden lords you know they uh they dye their hair gold and shave it up you know and uh one night you know he's running from the golden lords you know he tries to step in and help somebody he gets chased by them. You know, a very young, very serious Don Cheadle, who, by the way, plays every scene he's in totally straight, not realizing he's in a comedy at all, I think. And, um, you know, he's hurt very badly, Jefferson Reed. And as he gets out of this dumpster to run away, he's struck by the proverbial meteor. And he gets even further effed up. And then suddenly, though, when they take the bandages off, he's miraculously healed this meteor has passed to him superman-esque powers um with the only notable addition i think is whenever he touches a book he becomes an absolute expert on the subject matter for exactly 30 questions uh, 30 seconds excuse me and uh which actually plays a significant part in the climax of the film and he proceeds to do good you know, he becomes a superhero, cleans up the streets, the communities behind him, and then, you know, he escalates things. And some real evil comes to town and the community does no longer has his back. And powerless, uh, he has to step up and be a real meteor man to defend the community once and for all. Very good, Jonesy. I just have to get this off my chest right away about Meteor Man 1993, written, directed, starring by Robert Townsend, who directed uh, 
Eddie Murphy, one of the one of the most hilarious movies I've ever seen. Eddie Murphy Raw shaped me as a human being. Meteor Man has got to be one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Ooh, oh my Easily. gosh! Out the gates with it, as uh, Eddie Murphy would probably say something similar. That's a that's an Eddie Murphy quote from Raw. Out the I think. gates. Yep. I mean, little to no redeeming moments. Just a really terrible, awful, horrendous pile of garbage film. Now, Slim, did you see this when you were a kid and you had the same feeling? I don't remember. I feel like I went to see this in the theater, but I, don't, I didn't remember really anything about it at all. I must have blocked it out. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, what about you? Did you guys remember seeing it when you were younger? I think I saw this on HBO... 15 years ago, I feel like. Maybe 20 years ago. Uh, On HBO specifically, yeah. yeah. Or maybe Prism, more likely. You guys remember Prism? Love Prism, yeah. So Flyers games used to be on Prism. Yeah, Channel 14 in the local Philly area. So, like, I remember... I, I didn't remember how it got us powers. I, the only thing that ever stuck in my mind is that scene at the end of the movie where they throw the books at each other and uh, they get you know, they throw a kung fu book at each other, and they do kung fu, and then they throw the fashion book at each other, and they do the catwalk, and that, yeah, that, that was like the only tangible memory I had when I sat down to watch this. The uh, the supermodel bit, the comedic tour de force of the uh, the supermodel bit of them facing off. Um, yeah, I've never seen this movie, and I've seen bits and pieces of it. I probably seen many, many bits and pieces of it, but boy, I was actually okay with the movie until the forty-five minute climax. Yeah, the, the movie end. really is two halves rather than three acts. Right, it's everything that happens up until uh, the golden lords and the junior lords and the baby lords once and for all try to take the neighborhood from Marla Gibbs of 227 fame. <laughs> what are the chances that we have chances? this 227 connection from last episode? How about the, the? I mean, it's a star-studded cast. It is. There are so many people in this movie. And I feel like this movie relied on that to get it through. Like significantly, yes. How about That's... Sinbad? Sinbad out of nowhere mm-hmm. plays, uh, kind of the way his role started out. He he was going out with Townsend's like love interest out of nowhere. Like Townsend had a love interest out of maybe one or two scenes that showed up, and he was going to oh, yeah. ask her out on a date. Apparently, the second <laughs> scene she was in, Sinbad shows up in this kind of, uh, he's. I don't know how to describe it, but he's like embracing his African culture. He's wearing kind of like, um, kind of like this African garb. He's got the hat and he's respecting her, like, you know, womanhood very obviously. And then he like mouths to towns, like, this is the first time I've ever dated a black girl, you know, I'm really living it up. He was like talking like a white guy. Like they were trying to make Sinbad out as like a white guy who's tricking his friends into thinking he's black. And I'm like, what is going on here? And that scene, there's so many scenes that I have many questions about, but. The scene yeah. where Townsend 
uh, is making this impassioned speech to look after the kids. Like, we got to watch the kids. You know, they're our future. There's a moment right in front of that where he's talking to Eddie Griffin. They're whispering to each other in that scene. Do you remember that scene where they're, like, talking about something and you're thinking they're going to get their comeuppance, but they never do? What what was going on in that scene? (laughs) I, I don't think it's to be explained uh, my biggest problem with this movie is be- is it never decides whether it wants to play the story straight or wants mm-hmm. to play it as a parody. So one half of this movie is like sight gags and gags about, you know, a guy who can fly is afraid of heights and like just slapstick nonsense. And it'll go to a scene where Robert Townsend is making this impassioned speech about, you don't have to vote me out of the neighborhood. I'll leave because... We let this neighborhood, you know, go to S. And how can you complain when you do nothing? And you're like, for a minute, you're like, man, he's this is like a, a town hall speech to like bring back a sense of community. And like the next scene, he's got his vest off and is sashaying down a street. And you're like, what mm-hmm. is this? Like, it's this movie is the worst kind of mashup I've seen ever. And the thing I. I Oh, to that point, Jonesy, like when the Golden Lords, when four of them pop out of a car and put so many bullets into Robert Townsend and like the newspaper stand behind him, I'm like, this is really hardcore. Like if he didn't have meteoric powers, he would be mowed in three pieces right now, like Red Queen, Resident Evil style, Resident <laughs> Evil the movie. Like, he would be in pieces. There were so many chunks of him that would have been split off. And the same thing when they, like, beat up his dad. Like, this is this is crazy stuff that they're doing to the neighborhood. These kids, nobody wants to explain the junior lords, how they're practically committing murder. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, like, four-year-olds. Where, where are their parents? There's nobody, no, nobody's missing kids. They're, but I feel the, like the movie expects us to laugh at that. Like these truly, yeah. truly yeah. horrific scenarios, I are presented like tongue in cheeks. Like, oh, a four year old's about to stab a grown man. Isn't it hilarious? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, there was. If, if, there was. The movie didn't embrace its camp, really. Yes, and yes. it tried it just to be a drama it. and also a weird camp dark uh, mm-hmm. comedy about superheroes. And I mean, every scene that the the lords were in was just so out of hand because there's scenes where it's drama and then they show the young lords and the guy has his slinky like the leader of the gang has a golden (laughs) slinky that he's and that's how you know he's there like that's dumb just get it out of the way it's dumb it's stupid doesn't (laughs) make any sense and then like aside from that let's just ignore that fact but he's got like an army of four-year-olds that also have their hair dyed that wear suits that I'm like, how does that happen? Where does he get these kids from? And he screams out, and who is tailoring to them? These baby lords, these toddlers? Yeah, and Cheadle, God bless him, man. He, I wonder what he thinks about this movie. You know, looking back on his storied career, I'll tell you what, Don Cheadle committed to this film. Like there was, he did not phone this performance in. I mean, there, the point in the car where they, after they pointlessly murder uh, Jefferson Reed, like. Just listen to the way Cheadle delivers his dialogue. Like, he is in it. Mm-hmm. Like, this is his training day. This is his 
whatever, like Crash, what a traffic, whatever movie he was in later in life, like when he plays this hard boiled detective, like every part of that character was in this gangbanger. And like a, a, in a movie where like everyone just kind of walks on and phones it in, you know, probably Bill Cosby being the most noticeable acting, non acting I've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, it was I got a I guess I kind of got a kick out of Bill Cosby like not he was in it but he wasn't Bill Cosby in any sense of the word. He was just like this guy who barked at dogs. That's all he did. Um the I mean, let's jump to the 45 minute ending. Other than well, first Eddie Griffin and It's like, an hour and a half movie. It's not a long movie. Like, it's no, it's like hour and 45 minutes, which is too long. <laughs> but like after, I mean, the Golden Lords clearly want Meteor Man dead. So what does Eddie Griffin do after, like, all yeah. this super drama has been established? He he sneaks into Robert Townsend's apartment to steal it so he could show up at the mall and meet chicks. Like, yeah. there's clearly danger, like, real danger involved. I mean, the, the scene right before that, it could have been an hour before that, he saves... Townsend's life because the 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 gang meets him at Townsend school about to kill him because they think he's Meteor Man and Griffin interrupts that and like tricks them into thinking that he's not Meteor Man they're all idiots so he's like man, they were inches from death because they thought he was yeah. Meteor Man so Griffin's like man maybe I should dress up as Meteor Man that is the dumbest thing you could ever have thought in your life can we can we get to the point where the whole movie itself is negated by the fact that it's not Meteor Man, but in fact, Naughty by Nature that saves the community. I mean, you have the climax of the film where Meteor Man and is Cypress supposed Hill. to, uh, I'm sorry, and Cypress Hill, supposed to save the neighborhood, make a name for himself, really change it. And at the end, it's really hip hop icons that make a difference. And not the, even, I mean, you should have called it, Cypress Hill two hours ago. They would have fixed it for you. The, the, that scene in and of itself when he's he's early on he's doing meteor man stuff in one of the corniest scenes ever he interrupts a gang of like 60 people with guns uh shooting and a shooting gallery with cops and he unites them he, right. he stands and flies in front of him he's like let's talk guys so they do they like walk to meteor man and they start talking with each other and in the end of the movie is this gang coming back and saving meteor man in the town but the town is saved by a gang with guns. Like, where is the lesson here? <laughs> the, the the slums of Washington D.C. are still slums. You just got another gang behind your back. I mean, the only the only thing that made it makes only a tiny bit of sense because the newswoman said that the gangs were no longer going to do gang things. They were going to clean up the community with guns. Right, right. But they still. I don't understand. Like, they still are doing it with guns like in my opinion they should have ended the movie when all the neighbors in the neighborhood started throwing items at the golden lords to like protect their own mm-hmm. and they didn't like, need none meteor of that man. it was your jonesy was right it's negated they needed meteor man to get his powers back to eventually like be able to fight the 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 alpha golden lord enough until <laughs> Until you know the Crips and the United Crips and Bloods show up, 
and really solve the problem. Like, why can't the movie be about Robert Townsend losing his powers and the neighborhood stepping up to save itself? That's yeah. what I thought it was going to be. That's, That's what I thought it was going to be. When the, the ladies, premise of the movie. When the ladies started throwing potatoes out the window, I thought it was game over. When you, when James Earl Jones, where you're not sure if he's playing like a slow guy or what he's playing. Yeah. What he's acting like. He looked great, though. I just have never him, seen great. him so young and virile. He looked like he could run a like a 500-yard dash. Yeah, he did. He really did. He looked like better than I've ever seen him before. <laughs> but... You're like, is he kind of going for the angle of like the slow, the slow guy who lives by, like who barely lives by himself and like obsessively collects records because he's got like some sort of nervous tick? Yeah. Like, what is he doing? Honestly, I, I fell asleep during the last act of the movie was, when they were fighting. I mean, that, yes. you're right. That fight scene, that whole thing was like 45 minutes long and I fell asleep. I could have been out for 20 minutes and I felt like I didn't miss anything <laughs> because they were still in the, in the street having the fight. I mean, what were his powers even? Like, he gets struck by a meteor. He touches a book. He knows everything that's in it for 30 seconds. And he can talk to dogs. He can talk to dogs. He can... But only dogs. He can breathe into the sky and storm clouds come. And he Mm -hmm. can create some kind of nuclear fission in the clouds to grow mutant plants. Right. Nobody's getting irradiated by eating uh, rad leeks, rad cabbages. (laughs) That he grows. See, what powers are those? Like, I, I just, I the whole movie I was watching this and envisioning Pete Townsend, or what, is it Peter Townsend? <laughs> Peter Townsend, Townsend was from Peter the Townsend. Robert Townsend, uh, like, in a room, never having read a comic book in his life, and he's, like, writing a superhero movie, and he's talking about these powers, and they're going to be awesome. I mean, like, you, someone should have slapped him in the face at some point during the writing of this movie during the directing of this movie. I mean I mean assume- I mean I I would go I'm going to I'm going to put partial blame on the studios. I don't know I I'm going to put some blame on the suits slim. I don't know yeah. the story behind the making, but you know suits always screw up this kind of Yeah. And if, if Robert, they have final set. Robert, if you're listening to the show, I'm more than happy for you to come on and tell yeah. us about this this production, the tr- potentially troubled production. Yeah, it could have been, you know, could have been uh you know, as they say, uh, doomed from the get-go. How about and when he, he? Oh, he also has read Batman vision. Nightfall. Come on, too. You know we could use it next week. <laughs> yeah. How amazing what an episode of Nightfall with with Robert Townsend as a guest host. <laughs> yes, that would we be should. Amazing. We should just get the oddball guest host for some episodes and not tell anybody about it until the episode airs. <laughs> the uh, he also has X ray vision, and I think he's got super hearing, so he's got those kind of normal ones. He's got how, the whole Superman gamut. Yeah. Plus. How about when he's using the X ray vision outside of the hospital? And you can see people walking around in their underwear. Yeah. What kind of x-ray vision are you using where you just see them in their underwear? And not only that, but they're wearing belts. Again. And socks and shoes. Again. Can't decide whether it's the real thing or parody. Right. That's the campy stuff, but it's like you can't have both and not address the fact that it's you're using so much camp. Yeah, I didn't even realize Cosby was in it until he showed up on screen and wanted to vomit. Seeing that guy. Yeah, doesn't really hold up, does it? Guy's a zilch. Get out of here, you stink. <laughs> God, I knew it. Mon- he's, a knew. Human, he's a human monster, Bill Cosby. Gotten away with his wares for decades. It was, 
it was i mean it was a tour de force of like i wonder if they all just called each other like the whole like black community and they they all chipped in with this in this movie which was awesome because everybody was in it Hmm. My favorite personally is John Witherspoon. He was he pretended to be Meteor Man <laughs> on the uh, news. That guy's he, a genius. He is one of my favorite comedian. Like every time I see him, he's just funny as Do all get out. I'm guessing you watched uh, the Wayne's Brothers growing up. Oh yeah, <sighs> definitely <laughs> one of my definitely. favorite TV shows. <laughs> oh yeah, is, is that streaming anywhere? I feel like we might need to go back <laughs> into the archives and do a Wayne's <laughs> Brothers podcast. <laughs> And we might have to. That would be amazing. Real, real quick, I remember, you guys I, hear this from the IMDb trivia. The original ending to the film had a powerless Jefferson Reed decide to help his community by becoming a teacher and using a good as a teacher to, to bring uh, betterment to his community with a teaser being him and Eddie Griffin uh, essentially hearing about another meteor crash in Arizona and they're going to fly out uh, and get powers again. as like a, a stinger on the end of the film. Mm-hmm. Much better idea for a film. I bet you that was Robert Townsend's original vision. I mm-hmm. bet. And the suits at the studio changed suits, things? absolutely. One of my favorite uh, Wayne's Brothers bits is when I think um, <laughs> when they were pranking each other, and uh, the skinny, I can't remember this, Is it? I think Marlon was the skinny one. Yeah, and Marlon, like his brother, pranked him while he's like making something on the stove. Like I think he threw like gasoline on whatever he was cooking, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's like waiting to see like what happens. And, and like it's like catching fire. He's like freaking out. He's like, ah! and then like he cuts his brother laughing. Cuts back to Marlon. He's like engulfed in flames. <laughs> and his brother is still cracking up laughing. Oh God, what a show! <laughs> Classic man, laid the groundwork. That really groundwork. I mean, I think that. What did I say? Shaped me as a as a person earlier. I think the Marlins brothers or the Wayne's brothers really shaped me as a human being. Mm-hmm. God, what a yeah. What a, Don't what a be show. a menace to South Central. Oh, <laughs> I used to watch that movie every two days. I used to watch that movie. Uh, what was um? Was it High School High? Was that the one with Lovitz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, boy, what a terrible movie. How about the costumes that his mother were, was making for him? She made, like, 30 terrible-looking costumes, and they were just mm-hmm. some of the worst things I've ever seen, ever. And he, like, deadpans to the camera what he's going to say in these costumes, and he's like, oh, no, don't think I have evidence? And he's got one with two Polaroids, and he's like, well, I have evidence now. Like, was that supposed to be funny? Like, I don't... I truly didn't get that montage. It was it was not good. He How about even? the uh, the when Golden Lord, whatever Alpha Lord, sent, I think was the better name. Alpha Lord, when Alpha Lord sent the little kung fu teenager to battle P- Rob Robert Townsend, and like there was this weird voiceover that was like saying, "Yeah, kung fu, kung fu master, you're the kung fu master," and it was like. Thirty to forty-five seconds of this weird appraisal of this kung fu master, when clearly this kid was just getting his butt beat the entire time. I might have slept through that scene. I don't the even kung fu that master. Scene. Yeah, and that's yeah, the scene that went fu. on for way do too long. I feel kids. like that it's kung that fight master. scene was like yeah, nine do your minutes. Kung fu master. Kung fu. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was terrible. How about when he ran away from the gold lords the first time in the first part of the movie, and he hides in a dumpster? 
and he it's like 10 p.m. when he gets in the dumpster. He stays in there for four hours. <laughs> like he wait, he thinks four hours is the the perfect length for him to hide, and then he can get away. That's just absurd. Right. He wasn't even his... that great of a teacher, I don't think. No, he he definitely appeared to not be that great of a teacher. Like I, th- I feel like this movie would have been stronger in one area they could have improved was make him into like you know a beloved teacher or like all the kids love him or he works really hard to make these kids care or something. Yeah, the parents hated him for encouraging that kid from running away from bullies. Yeah, just bit my tongue when I said running away, so it probably sounded a little weird, but that really hurt. It's probably that bladder that you got going on down there. <laughs> my pulsing. That you probably should in no way get checked out. Just let it ride. Here we go. Here what we do go. doctors even do for you, really? Take your money. You lose weight. So they're taking a, they're, they're, they're cashing their checks on their yacht. They will blame my blood pressure. They will blame my weight. Yeah, what do they know about your blood pressure, really? If we break it down. Yeah, it's all related to weight. Zilch. That's what they know. And number and secondly, it just happened at dinner time. There's no I don't I can't call a doctor make an appointment anyway. <laughs> Jonesy probably knows somebody, yes. But the rest of America, I can't call my doctor until the morning anyway. So cut me some slack here. Well, plus the, the whoever is the doctor in your you know, town with the tumbleweeds is probably the same guy that runs a pizza place. It's, it's probably Dino. the same guy that runs at the post office. They're all the same guy. It's Dino. Yeah, he's probably running around uh, like uh, Doc Hollywood. He's probably peeing in the woods somewhere to scare off the deer so the hunters don't get him and driving in a station wagon ambulance. As we speak, <laughs> curing uh, gastro problems with cans of Coke. Speaking Dr. of... Dr. Dino, uh, medicine woman. <laughs> keeping Speaking of keeping the deer away, John, did you see that photo I posted of Steve Austin, Stone Cold, his, his pride and joy truck? No. What is... The Ram Charger? A oh, Ram Charger. Hold on. Oh, oh, oh. It was... Uh, it might have been like two weekends ago, but I was watching was the WWE amazing. Network, as I want to do. When the family's away, we're upstairs doing who knows what. Steve Austin was like touring his ranch, the Broken Skull Ranch. I guess that's what he put all his money into. He's got like, look like 600 acres of land in mm. Texas. Oh, wow. And he was showing them like how he takes care of the deer and the land and all this other stuff. And he's like, oh, here's my pride and joy. This, I think he, whatever, I think it might have been like 1989 or 86 Dodge Ram Charger. Mm. Oh. And he said, you might notice, but this is the truck that Chuck Norris drove in Lone Wolf McQuaid. Oh, God. And it was in pristine condition. I've never seen anything those like that. Those old, it. like those K5 Blazers, those Ram Chargers, Broncos, that is what you need in your life, friend. The cure for oh what ails you. Oh, God. And I, let's just say I found a K5 Blazer in Wisconsin with a snowplow. Uh, for free attached and I was like maybe I quit my job and become a plowman and maybe that's a oh, fantasy I had you know and you can you know, make your salary a year salary in one winter easily yeah. and then I'm off for the rest of the year you know yeah we would we just we don't would sleep probably start a uh, snowplow podcast to help market your business oh, on the God, side yeah that would be amazing Jonesy we'd probably get like a TLC deal like the camera crew that does ice road truckers would be like you know what snowplow mm-hmm. business there's something there mm-hmm. we should track the top three snowplow businessmen in town or women mm-hmm. and make a show around it yeah and like how they share space how they you know have like this these like 
unspoken like borders where they don't encroach in other people's business. They're probably just they should like follow them around going into like the Seven uh, Eleven to just like pouring coffee down their throats because they're <laughs> staying up. They're probably staying up for like thirty six hours at a time to plow. Yeah, like the first episode yeah. teaser is like two snow plowers meeting at the same address accidentally, and there's like a dispute over who gets it. Then they have to call the mayor to come out. And they call each other Chief. I don't know, Chief. All right, come on, Chief. Like that blazer at a 455 under the hood. Probably got like four miles to the gallon. <laughs> I mean, it's probably, probably better than your suburban. <laughs> <laughs> we probably throw in some uh, Wayne's Brother intellectual property talk <laughs> in it, too, but that's only because we're trying to save time. We don't have all the time in the world. Uh, Marlon Waynes would join us on a ride one night. There'd be some kind of like co-op marketing deal with the yeah. Wayne's brothers. <laughs> yeah, Wayne, like Wayne, Marlon Wayne's gets behind the wheel of a snowplow and tries to do it. <laughs> he like gets Jones all wacky. He's like wacky driver. He's like, ah, I don't know what's going on here. Ah. And then he like clearly runs into something, but you cut to commercial or you have to wait to the next episode <laughs> to see like what he destroyed or what he ran over. Uh, I feel like we got a hit there. Any of you suits out there, listen, I mean, we got, we know stuff. We, we need to copyright this episode, stat. We need that IP suits, lockdown. You mean the suits that you just blamed for the Meteor Man shambles? They're going to want to sign up with us? The suits that learned from mistakes like Meteor Man. Okay. Talking about the new class of suits who are like, you know, better. <laughs> <laughs> suits. Don't ruin this for us, Slim. If you brave, if you ruin this. I just deleted that cars.com listing from my browser. Yeah, just get rid of it. It's over. The dream is dead. Guys, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I What an episode. Meteor Man, what a delight it was having to chat about that film. I mean, seriously, the, the best part about that movie is us getting to talk about it. I mean, there's no other redeeming <laughs> quality. Without a doubt. Just a... Just a quite an experience next week we will return to our usual comic book ways with one probably one of the biggest book clubs we've ever done outside of akira which is nightfall volume one only about seven thousand pages it's at least 550 pages this is uh, i don't even know what to say i haven't started yet spoilers (laughs) so we have a whole week if you do 100 pages a night you'll be ready to go oh that's a lot of work oh my god that is not happening That is a lot of work. We'll see everybody next time. Thanks for listening. segment the heck is going on here i would just save for next week should we save it we we did this on a we don't think we ever did letters on a movie episode anyway remember when we watched the punisher how great that movie was was fucking fantastic dude we gotta get back to that let's just watch it again back to greatness (laughs) (laughs) we should just tell everybody we're watching the thomas jane punisher but really just do the dolph one again
remember that Thomas Shane movie looked great from that trailer. Those remember the trailers guy was playing were the guitar fantastic. song? Yep. And he was like Johnny Cash ripoff, but a uh, bad guy. Let me hit stop. Did you say you're hitting stop? Yeah, well, let's just keep going. Is this our oh. fireside? <laughs> I guess, yeah, I think so. Let's fireside it out right now. I'm Damn. firesiding out this, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the calendar for next week. Uh-huh. You're trying uh, to plot the page count for next week? Uh, yes, that mostly, and the fact that I, I assumed right off the bat that I would be asking for a Wednesday recording, but... That's the day before Thanksgiving. Exactly. That's not happening, bro. Do we want to take uh, Thanksgiving week off? Is that oh something we're God. allowed to do Jonesy. as adults? Listen, listen. We allowed ourselves two weeks to read this Nightfall book. <laughs> I'm just going to reiterate. That's the whole reason why we did this Meteor Man. To give us a cushion. Jonesy's, I mean, Jonesy's so quick. So, Should we take the winter off? Is it? I mean, should we just take the winter off as a podcast? <laughs> we allowed ourselves two full weeks <laughs> you know? so just you guys, saying a wednesday you guys but are, are coming down on me like i'm not gonna be the one that's gonna be ready to go on monday why you two are like yeah i read 400 pages on the train <laughs> listen we all know that dale gets antsy when it comes to prime time with these big books he's got seven days as of right now to read 600 pages he's gonna have the ipad on a steering wheel it's absurd. <laughs> this is absurd. What? Why? He's going to be looking audiobook versions of Nightfall tonight. <laughs> you know, I don't really have a lot to say about the archives, but let me tell you about. <laughs> Let's just pretend I closed my eyes and read this book because that's how great it was. Right. I was in another world experience of Nightfall. He's sweating right now. I can see the glistening. It's all going to work out in the end, you know? You know, guys? Sure, I can't uh, play Fallout 4 for the next week. Sure, I can't, you know, stay up and... I don't even know. You look so despondent I, right now. I feel so bad that I that we're doing this to you. Everything was fine until Jonesy did broke out the math. It is Jonesy math, but it sounds pretty it's on like point. It's like 635 pages, and we have six nights record on the seventh night. So, 100... You know, and what's that, 104 pages, 105 pages a night? I don't know. I saw an abacus at a flea market and it was bought for you, Jensen. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> boop, beep, boop, boop. 